The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Close your eyes and pull like down. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam Maguire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Dylan Mangan of the Southern Star and I'm joined by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy as always. Before we get into things, I'd just like to give our listeners a gentle reminder to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with our friends at Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, where your bank really does matter. Choose Credit Union, choose local, choose community. Now, today we're going to take a look back on the season that was for John Cleary and the Cork senior men's football team. It wasn't quite to be on Sunday in Croke Park as the Rebels bowed out of the championship with a 1-12-1-8 defeat against Derry. We're going to chat about that game along with the season as a whole later on with Matthew Hurdy. And we'll also hand out some very unofficial Southern Star Cork Football Awards based on the performances this year. But first, we're, let's turn our attention to two big wins for Cork Intercounty teams at the weekend. As both the Camogie and Ladies football teams advanced into their respective quarterfinals with convincing wins. Kieran, we might chat about the Camogie in a second, but first... Ahamila might be turning into a bit of a, a good luck charm for the ladies football team as they blew tip away in Clonakilty on Saturday. It certainly seems like that. Can we play there every week? I'm, I'm sure that was a chant that was coming up over mm. the, the stand in Ahamila last Saturday when Cork hammered Tipperary. It was 8-12 to 2-3. So that win was enough for Cork to go through to the, the quarterfinals of the All-Ireland series and Cork on our way to Armagh on Saturday week. So that's a, a long trip up north with Cork with travel with a pep in their step after um, a really convincing win against against Tipperary. Um, Anna Ryan got two goals. Derek Hiley got a goal. Hannah Looney had four points. There was goals for uh, Mauro Callahan, Emer Kiley, Breed O'Sullivan, Orla Cahillan even got a goal. And that's the same Orla, Orla Cahillan who was, it was feared she'd be out of action for a couple of weeks after she suffered a hairline fracture of her metatarsal. But we know Dylan, I suppose with Beckham and Rooney all those years ago that metatarsals are, are, are weird, are weird creatures in their own right. But it was great to see Orla back. But this was a huge win, huge win for the Cork footballers and sends them through to, to, the, to the knockout stages. And like we said, two games Cork have now played in Clannacilty in the last couple of months and it's two wins. So I don't think it'll be too long before we see the Cork footballers back in West Cork again. Maybe they should just play there all the time, like we said. Just a permanent fixture there. Why not? The uh, the Camogie team also had a, a comfortable win against Clare at the weekend. That sets up a mouthwatering quarterfinal against Kilkenny this Sunday in Croke Park. It's a, a repeat of last season's final as well. So that should be a great game as well, Kieran. Yeah, huge game for, for the Cork Camogie team. So they did the need fill as well last weekend. Did a resounding win away to Clare. They put up 319 Really strong second half. Um, Amy O'Connor got a goal in the second half. I think Fiona Keating scored a goal in the first half, and and um, so it was a a really good Cork performance when they needed it. So they're thrown out a quarterfinal against Kilkenny. So this will be the the curtain raiser to the um All Ireland Senior Men's hurling semi final on on Sunday in Croke Park. So there will be a big crowd there, and the fact that Kil- Kilkenny are playing in both the Camogie and the hurling. There will be a huge Kilkenny support there. And Kilkenny are the reigning champions who beat Cork in last year's final. So when you start to put it all together, it looks like the odds are slightly stacked against Cork on on, on Sunday. But we have an interview with Matthew Toomey, the Cork manager in Thursday's Southern Star. And he's making the point that this is probably a good time to play Kilkenny because you're you're playing them early in the knockout stages. So the deeper you go into competition theoretically, the better teams get. So maybe this is Cork's best chance of beating the 
the All Ireland champions. It, it it will be tough. Um, you only have to look at Cork's record in big games over the last couple of years to know that the Rebels have come up short in the last two Division One League finals and the last two All Ireland finals. But now Cork have this great chance just to put that record to one side, put it to bed and really set them up for the business into the competition. But it's going to be hard. There's no getting away from it. Um, it's going to be really tough. Cork have been free scoring in the last couple of games against Down and Clare. I think it's 319 they put up in both games. So that's one positive going in. Another positive is that um, Orla Cronin came on for the last 10 minutes against Clare and she um, she scored a point as well. So that will strengthen Cork's options. And also Ashley Thompson is back in the panel for, for this game and Laura Hayes. Ashling hasn't played since last year. She did her cruise sheet last August. So she's been out of action for the complete intercounty season so far. So it's a big boost to have her back in and around the panel as well. So huge task for the Cork Camogie team. But if they want to win in All Ireland and bring your Duffy Cup back to Cork, you have to beat a team like Kilkenny. So the stage is set. And this game is on TV on um on, on Sunday, and it's a half one throw-in. I'm going to add another positive in there as well, that both teams managed to get uh, great victories despite the fixture clashes that we've spoken about in recent weeks. And there is no fixture class this, clash this weekend or next weekend for either the co-aver finals. So that surely is another positive there as well. 100%. We're from here now through to the to the finals, the, the football and come over here in the alternate weekend. So we will not have any more fixture clashes, which is a, which is a great relief because over the last couple of weeks, for the players especially, but for the squads and the managements, this was a huge distraction because it was all the media was talking about because we were trying to shine a spotlight on what was going on in the hope that it won't happen anymore. But it's almost Groundhog Day because we've been here before so often in the past. But the good news is that there is no more dual clashes from here to the end of the season. And the hope is that both Cork teams will go all the way this year, starting with the Cork Camogie team. And like I said, Dylan, Orlika Halland is back in action. It was a surprise that she's back so quickly, but good news for both the Camogie team and the footballers. So the Camogie now have access to the four dual players on, on Sunday. So that's Orlika Halland, Aoife Healy, Libby Coppinger and Hannah Looney. And then they'll switch back to football for the, the following week against Armagh. So hopefully there's a couple more weeks left in the season for both camps. Yeah, and I just wanted to say as well, last week on the podcast, uh, we spoke about how it would be be nice for some of the, the male players to come out in support of um the dual players, not only the dual players, but like ladies GA in general. And uh, just after um we recorded uh, later that week and, and earlier this week, uh, the GPA released an open letter from the 68 captains of the male senior inter-county teams expressing support for the stance that they have taken um, calling for an impl- implementation of the agreed charter that hopefully improved their lot in terms of expenses and welfare and the administration of their games in general. So that's a, a positive move there as well. 100%. And it was great to see the, the, that statement come out earlier this week. It's just it's just a backing, like we said last week, Dylan, just a backing that the that the female players, the Camogie players and the ladies footballers needed, that the, that the men have their backs, basically, and that they're supporting them and that they, they want the same. So... It's put the ball back in the in in the, in the court of the powers that be. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens from here. But even looking at Clannacilty last weekend before the before the game started, the Cork Tip game, the Cork players we have a photo on Thursday star of um in their their white t shirts with hashtag United for Equality written across it, and that's the the photos on Thursday star. And it's quite a strong photo because you see the the whole Cork panel there together, and you know what they're fighting for, and they want equality. Um, in, in in one sense, Cork have it better than, than, than a lot of other counties because let's say the ladies footballers, for example, Shane Ronan was telling me that they, they have access to nutritionists and they have access to a really good medical team and they have access to park equipment, parky ring when they want it and they can train it at certain venues. But that's not replicated in a lot of other counties. Um, Cork and maybe some of the elite are the exception to the rule. But it's great to see that they've all come together here from junior intermediate senior in, in, in ladies football in Camogie just to, to kind of highlight what's going on so hopefully hopefully something will happen yeah absolutely and uh, we'll move on to athletics now the season is hotting up and in recent years we've obviously been spoiled in West Cork for brilliant athletes obviously there's Paul O'Donovan Fintan McCarthy Phil Healy to name just a few but there is another crop on the way up 
who have just put in some brilliant performances at the National um, Juvenile Track and Field Championships, which were on over the weekend. Who are some of the names we need to watch out for and who put in some great performances? So, yeah, so that's that's the good news. It's the good news for fans of West Cork Sport that the conveyor belt across all sports is particularly strong, and especially in athletics. So we had a couple of gold medal winners last weekend. Nicola Tuttle, and we mentioned her a couple of times on this podcast before. She's the 19-year-old from Kilbritton. She is an extraordinary hammer thrower. Like when she was 16 years old, Dylan, she won the Irish Senior Women's Hammer title. She's just an incredible talent. And she's had a great year so far. She's thrown four four PBs and she's second in the all-time Irish list. And she's also the Irish under-23 record holder in the Women's Hammer. And at the, the Nationals the weekend, this is her first year up at the under-23 level. And it was no surprise that she won as well. And she won by some distance. I think it was 18 metres separating her and her next opponent. So I think that just highlights the just the, the quality that, that that Nicola has. So that was gold for Nicola. And I was chatting to her on Monday. Already that's her eighth Irish um, national gold medal from under 16 up to, what is she now? She's 19. Like that's just incredible that she has that collection already. So that was gold for Nicola Tuttle, who started off with Bandon Athletic Club. Another Bandon athlete um, is Lauren McCourt, who won gold in the women's 400 metres at um at under 23 level and it, it's lauren's first year up at under 23 as well so to win gold was a was a big step forward for her she had a couple of injury issues this year but she's um she's in good form of late and she said a pb recently too and as as well as that going down to the um the junior which is under 20 Maeve o'neill won the women's 800 meter for the third year in a row so that's an incredible dominance for Maeve o'neill and she's um She's a young teenager from Ballinacarraga who just set her leaving cert and she races out of Donny's Athletic Club. So there were three local um, athletes who won gold medals up in up in Tullamore. And also just to mention as well, um, a young teenager from Cora, Katie Kingston, who's only 15 or 16, I think it's 16. She came, she won silver in the under 20 um, women's javelin and um, with a PB there as well. And like the fact she's only 16 and she's meddling at under 20 level, it just bodes well for the future. So yeah, the future is bright for Irish athletics. And just for our listeners to note as well, that both Nicola Tuttle and Jane Buckley, who won a bronze medal last weekend, have been selected on the Irish team for the European under 23 championships that are on in Finland from July 13th to 16th. So we've another two West Cork athletes flying the West Cork flag on the international stage. Yeah, it's great stuff. And Jane Buckley there, of course, had a brilliant year in America as well. So good news all around. And some more good news from this week was that our latest Celtic Grass Hotel West Cork Sports Star monthly award winner was crowned. And it was Munster and Irish rugby star Jack Crowley, who's honoured for being the first West Cork man to play an active role in Ireland's Grand Slam win. And Kieran. It's a well-deserved man, or so, sorry, a well-deserved award for the Inishana man, but also a well-deserved man for the award. Is it exactly, exactly? I, I couldn't say it any better myself, Dylan. So this is a lovely evening in the Celtic Grass on on Monday. So Jack was just out of Ireland camp. He, he was in there the last two weeks, so he's he's part of the training camp ahead of the World Cup, and um, that big kind of training group that Andy Farrell um, named and. Jack's target is to be in that squad in, in on, on that plane that's going to France in a in a couple of months' time for the Rugby World Cup. So he was joined by by his his family, his immediate family and and friends um at the Celtic Grass. It was a really nice presentation. And when I was saying a couple of words about Jack, I just I just made note that the the West Cork Sports Star Awards they really have their fingers on the pulse of what's happening in West Cork, and they have had for the last twenty six years. This was our fourth rugby presentation this year alone. And that's that's incredible, Dylan, because it just highlights again the boom that we're experiencing here in West Cork. Already in the senior side, we honoured John Hodnett from Oscarbury. He's the man of the match in the URC final. And he's, I suppose, his interview after went viral as well for his, his slip of the tongue. But he's doing incredible things for, for Munster. And there was even a strong argument that he should have been an, in Andy Farrell's training panel and as well as that, we two youth quarterly award winners, which are Dylan Hicks from Bantry and also Saskia Witchley from Bantry Rugby Club. And both of those players have already captained our province at under 18 level. Saskia has captained our country at under 18 level. 
and Dylan Hicks is just going straight out of secondary school and he's going into his first year in the Munster Rugby Academy in a couple of weeks' time. So just highlights again just how strong rugby is in the region right now. And then you have someone like Jack Rowley and he is the heir apparent to Johnny Sexton. Like the sky is the limit for this fella. He's um, came through the ranks of Bend and Rugby Club and, and, and Bend and Grammar and he's just so much potential and he's realising that potential. Like... Just, just think back to the URC final against Leinster, the final moments, and that drop goal he scored. You know, that was incredible for um, a young man like that to have the wear it all, the confidence, the class, the skill, the clarity in that moment, just to pull that off. Like it kind of spoke volumes to where he's at now. And he's had an incredible last 12 to 18 months where he's just been on this upward trajectory and he's getting better and better and better. And that's great news for Munster rugby. It's great news for Irish rugby, but it's incredible news for West Cork rugby because it's one of our own who's doing it at that level. And for young boys and girls right across West Cork to see someone like Jack Crowley do what he's doing, it just makes it so real. Yeah, something interesting for our listeners to keep an eye out on as well in relation to Jack Crowley is Johnny Sexton has a disciplinary hearing um, coming up. I can't remember the date um, just off the top of my head right now for his uh, role in an altercation with a referee at the halftime of Leinster's Champions Cup final against uh, La Rochelle. Now, if he's found guilty, he might get a, a, a two or three game ban, which mean he might means he might miss some of the World Cup, those first couple of games. Um, so it could be a situation where Jack Early is asked to, to step in into fill his boots for those two games, which obviously would be, be huge news for him as well. It would, yeah. And what strikes you about Jack is that he's just so unflustered. He's just not phased by it all. And that came across too on, um, on Monday night. He's just such so cool and calm. He he is off the pitch like, like he's on the pitch. And um, talking to his bending coaches over the years, they always made reference to the fact that he has this very this strong inner confidence. He's just so confident in himself and his own ability. And you need that at the highest level. And we've seen that with his, his performances with, with Munster and his, his couple of caps with Ireland. Just think back to the Autumn International Series. He started against Australia and you're not going to straight in there just after making his debut the, the week before. And it just didn't fluster him, you know. So that's that's a great sign for, for what is to come. And, and the thing with Jack is whether he, whatever happens with Sexton, um, whether he gets a ban or not, we know he's stepping aside after the World Cup. So that, that jersey is there for whoever um, post-World Cup, whether it's Ross Byrne or it's, or it's Jack Crowley or whoever, but he's very much in that conversation. He's really in that conversation. And I think that's why it's just such great news for West Cork rugby and West Cork sport in general that here we are producing a sports person of that ilk, of that stature, who could potentially touch wood, be a, a key player for Ireland for the next decade or so. Yeah, absolutely. We're all Team Jack here at the Southern Star anyway. We're going to take a very quick break now and we'll be back to chat about Cork's loss to Derry, but the season in general as well. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Now, welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. We'll be joined by Matthew Hurley in just a moment to chat about Cork's season and to review their performances throughout the year but it wasn't quite to be for Cork in Croke Park on Sunday as they lost out to a stubborn Derry side. Manager John Cleary spoke to the media after the game and expressed expressed his disappointment at the result. We're going to play a quick pl- clip here now to see what he thought of the game. Look, initially we're, we're, we're disappointed but it really, you know what I mean? Um, I suppose a strange start of the game, really, in that, you know, we, we, we had a lot of possession the first 10, 15 minutes, maybe didn't make a count. They were very defensive. We, we, we couldn't break them down. They turned us over. And uh, then before halftime, maybe similar to last week, got a couple of points and, you know, we felt going in at halftime. Look, again, we haven't played outstandingly well um, and only, only a point down. Um, then after halftime, we had two chances of points and we didn't get them. And we went one went in for a goal and, 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 and missed it, got overturned and, and, you know, went down and they just picked us off. And um, look, it was looked like it was going to be a long day for us then. And then the goal gave us a lifeline. Yeah. 
and um, maybe a bit out of the blue. And next thing we gave away the, the goal back again, which was a killer. And I think after that, we tried hard valiantly. But look, um, I think Derry probably had our measure there. And, you know, probably four points, they missed the penalty. But they were able to suck it up then. And we, I suppose, look, we threw caution a bit to the wind there in the end. And we told lads, look, power forward there. And uh, look, I did think we were a bit flat today. Uh, just a warm day out there, big pitch. Maybe the last two weeks, maybe you know, or big players around the middle weren't as energetic and as lively as they were the last couple of weeks. And I think you know, but overall, look, I think we just beaten by a better team on the day and and were more efficient than we were. And we're joined now by Star Sports reporter Matthew Hurley, also known as GAA Statsman on Twitter. And Matthew, I'll come to you in a second, but first, Kieran. We heard John Cleary there talking about Cork's performance against Derry, saying it was a bit of a, a strange game where maybe the last couple of big performances just caught up with them. How did you see the game? It was certainly a strange game. I was just thinking from the perspective of a neutral, if they just tuned in to see how the game unfolded. Um, because if you don't know, don't know too much about Derry, they're such a defensively set up team and they dropped everyone behind the ball. And sometimes when they, when they attacked in, Cork did the same. So you had stretches of the game where there was nobody in one half of the field, which was quite quite unusual. So it, it, it was a strange game. I've seen some people describe it as a, a bore fest, others dour. Um, and you probably couldn't argue with that, but you can't argue too that Derry were, were worth the win. Derry were the better team on the day. And you just always felt that Derry had that extra bit of class, that they could get the scores that bit easier, that they could go up the gears that bit easier if they needed to. And, and we saw that when they hit back with their goal less than one minute after Roy Maguire scored a goal for Cork that had looked to breed life into the Rebels' challenge. But for for, for those 54 seconds, Rebel fans could could dare to dream that the, the comeback was on because Cork had closed up to within one. But soon that gap was out to five points. And, and that was really it in terms of the game. John Cleary was telling us after that he felt um, that, he, that Cork were flat, like he said there, and that some of the, the big guns were energetic around the middle of the field. And it's worth noting this was Cork's third big game in a row. You did the game against Mayo, then the game against Roscommon, and straight into a huge game against Derry, whereas Derry had the weekend off uh, the, the, the previous week. So we were unsure coming in, is it better to have momentum or is it better to rest? And I think we can see the way the quarterfinals panned out you're almost better to have to have that rest, you know, just to, to get the bodies right again because Cork weren't as energetic as, as they were. And you could see the players who came off. Brian O'Driscoll, man of the match against Roscommon, he, he was subbed off. Rui Dean came off. Sean Powder came off. The so-called bigger players and those leaders of the team, they just weren't having that impact they wanted and they were brought off. But they're after a couple of big games in a row. So um, I think it, it probably caught up with Cork a small bit in the legs. But Claire, or sorry, Derry just had that that bit extra, but then again, they're further along their their development than, than this Cork team. So, um, no shame in losing to towards the champions by by four points. Yeah, Matthew, can can Cork take some some kind of solace from the fact that if they had brought their shooting boots, we might be here talking about a, a potential semi final. That was potentially it, Dylan, to be honest with you. Like, uh, they had 37% shots go over the bar or, or in the net, uh, in the case of Roy McGuire. Ultimately, this level, it's not good enough, really, for uh, Cork. But they are a developing team. They're Division 2. They were the only um, Division 2 team that weren't promoted or relegated or in Division 1 outright. So there's something to take out of that, in fairness, that they were very close to Derry. They had only one shot less than Derry in the whole game. And I just thought Derry's, you know, their tackling was better as well in, in, in stages of the game. Like Derry conceded only one free inside their 45. You could see they were just more experienced than Cork and Cork need to learn from this. But at the same time, it's a brilliant experience for these Cork players. Like you look at um, you look at the other the other counties in the quarterfinals at the weekend. Like in fairness, Cork put up a fight. Like you look at Mayo and Tyrone didn't really put up a fight. So John Cleary has to take that out of the game as well. It's no shame, as Kieran said, to lose the Derry. They're two times Ulster champions in a row. They're well more conditioned than us. They reached an all Ireland semi final last season. They tested Galway all the way, and they will do so against Kerry in the semi final as well. So. Cork could take no shame out of it. So I think it was a very good performance, very good year. And as well as that, the, the, the maximum that Cork lost to this year in all competitions was four points to beat at the Derry. And that's a huge positive for Cork going forward. Like in, in the past few years, Cork would take maybe one or two beatings, big beatings now. 
But now in the last few games, they're competitive in every game. They belong in the, in the quarterfinals at the weekend. I think John Clear has done a superb job. And as well, Kevin Walsh, who's come into the backroom team, has done a superb job with the defence. And Cork have had a good year. And it's no shame in losing the Derry at the weekend. Yeah, and in terms of like staying in games, like you mentioned there, like Cork against Roscommon scored that kind of flurry of points before halftime to, to bring back a game that looked like it was running away. Same against Derry as well. So, Kieran, is that something that can be taken into next season? Um, I know we're, we're kind of talking about this season now, but just just briefly, would that be something that that John Kerry can can take a positive from from the season just gone? I think a huge positive that John can take is the progression that Cork made from 2022 up to 2023. Like um, like Matthew was saying there, to, to, to not lose by more than four points in a game. Just think back to, to, to last year when Cork lost by, I think it was 12 points to Kerry in the Munster semi-final, lost by 11 to Dublin in the All-Ireland quarter-final. But fast forward on 12 months and Cork are competitive in all their games. Look at their, their five games in the All-Ireland Championship. Cork beat a low team that had beaten Cork in the league earlier in the year. Cork ran Kerry All-Ireland Champions to two points in Parky Cueve. And Cork had regrets about that game. They could have won that game. Cork then went and beat Mayo, a Division 1 team, and reigning, reigning Division 1 league champions in Limerick. And Cork reeled off the last 1-6 in that game. So that showed character and resilience. Then Cork beat another Division 1 team, Roscommon, to the following weekend. And then they came up against the back-to-back Ulster champions and lost by four points. So when you put those five performances together, there's a strong body of evidence to show the progress that Cork have made from last year to this year. And if that's what John Cleary and Kevin Walsh and the management team could do in the space of 12 months, like it, it, it does make you optimistic for what they can do going into next year because the building blocks are in place now. The Cork footballers look physically stronger. They're better conditioning. John Cleary's made a note of that. They can last full 70-minute games now. And when you think, okay, that sounds a prerequisite for intercounty footballers to last the full game. Go, go back to last year, the Cork footballers couldn't do it. They faded against Kerry and they faded against Dublin. Whereas now this year, they're going right to the end of games. There's definite areas for improvement and we'll, we'll probably get to those at some stage in terms of, uh, like Matt, Matt, you mentioned there, in terms of shooting and, and taking their chances. But we've seen so much progress this year, it would leave you very optimistic for what's to come because we've we've seen this Cork team improve, but we know that there, there's room for more, more improvement as well. So I think Cork fans can be very optimistic going into 2024, but they can also be very happy with the progress that the team has made this year. And just one final point on that, what I like, lads, is the fact that um almost that, that connection between the, the supporters and the football team has, has come back. It really has come back. And I think that's quite important as well, that the footballers can now feel that they have that support because for a long time there, they just didn't. We've been at league games there and uh, it's the hardcore fans that are there and uh, the support has been paltry. But we've seen now in the last couple of games, there's more support getting behind the footballers. And that shows too that this Cork football team is moving in the right direction. Yeah, just just on that point, Matthew, like the Roscommon game, especially the crowd were, were really, really up for that and really got, got involved. Obviously the fact um Cork came back to, to win it um helps, you know. But uh will the, the players take confidence from uh having that kind of support behind them? I think most of the players live off the support. When you look at um the likes of Sean Powder living off and Rory Maguire loved celebrating in front of the fans now in Pro Park the last day. I just think the players live off it in fairness and it's great to see in fairness, like you look at the hurling, a lot of support goes to the games and like, I know the hurlers went out and the hurling fans would not want me to say this, but I think the hur- the hurlers going out against Limerick actually kind of helped the footballers because it made the fans come out and support the football team. And watching their game against Roscommon, which was a brilliant, brilliant performance from them, made them go up to the Derry game in fairness. And there was a handful of Cork supporters in fairness um, around, around the Nally, around the Hill, around um, Q- the Cusack stand. Like, there was a load of Cork fans in fairness. I, I know there was mostly Dublin and Mayo, but there wouldn't have been many Cork supports over the past few seasons. Like I remember the game against Dublin last year when the players were in a huddle. Like there was only, I don't know, um, nearly 100 Cork fans there and an 83,000 capacity stadium. So, you know, it's a big change, big change in um, uh, the fans this season. And they are getting behind the team in general. And they've lost to look forward to when you look at the under-20 success in 2019, the game against Roscommon, the fact we only lost by four points this season. There's a lot of positives to take for the car footballers this season. And to take another step as well, and I think Holly O'Sullivan mentioned this before on uh, the podcast or the paper or whatever, 
And um, Carr needs to get out of Division 2. They need to get to Division 1 to progress even further, to get the fans more optimistic. And that's the thing with uh, Cork football at the moment. It looks realistic. Like, you look at the Division 2 teams in the um, next season, like, OK, Armagh are, are decent enough, side, but you look at Donegal, Kildare, Meath. To be fair, if Cork are going to progress even further, they need to be beating those sides, and especially the likes of Cavan and Vermana. So they can definitely fancy their chances to go up to Division 1 next season. And, yeah, Division 1 football for the first time since 2016 looks very, very close at the moment, and the fans will get behind the team if they do that. You think that's a must, Kieran? Oh, 100%. I think Cork need to get up to Division 1 because what we've seen in the in the last couple of games is you need to be in that high-pressure environment against quality teams. And with a greater respect to some of the teams in Division 2, they're obviously not at the levels of the, the, the Kerrys and, and the Mayos and the Galways and you've Dublin and Derry back up in Division 1 next year. So if you want to be able to be at a level to beat these teams, you need to be able to, you need to be playing against them regularly. And that's what the league, what, what the league affords. If you think there that Cork have been out of Division 1 since 2016, we even spent one season down in Division 3 after being relegated in 2019. Like for a, a, a football county like Cork to be slumming it out in Division 3 and okay, bounce back at the first the first time, um, first time of asking, won all games in, in Division 3 that year, but it just isn't good enough. That's not next to, next to near the level that the Cork footballers need to be at. So they need to get back up to Division 1. It is very attainable. Like, like Matthew said there, look, look who Cork have next year. Armagh, Cavan, Donegal, Fermanagh, Kildare, Loud and Mead. And you wouldn't be scared of any of those teams, given what we've seen of Cork this year, and if Cork can, can step it on again. So with two teams to go up, there is a chance for Cork to definitely be in that promotion conversation next year. I suppose it depends how kind of fixture makers are to Cork and if they can get four home games and not too many trips up the north. But, he, but even at that, you, you you would be thinking right now, OK, Cork will put himself in the mix for promotion. And John Cleary said as much after um, after the game against Derry on, on Sunday that getting back to Division 1 is where this Cork team needs to be because it's that's the environment that, that these players need to be in to to just improve themselves. Because what we've seen in, in games is that the, the Cork footballers are making mistakes at the big moments of big games. And I'm thinking back to... Again, against Derry the last day, um, Sherlock had a wide after three minutes after Cork kept possession. You need to take a chance like that. Killian O'Hannon had two wides towards the end of the first half. You need to be putting those over. Look at um, look at Brendan Rodgers for um, for um, for for Derry in the second half. He picked off two fine points. Brian O'Driscoll got through in the second half. Okay, under pressure, but he snapped it. He shot and dragged it wide. Again, you need to be taking something from that. Matty Taylor. Straight off the throne for the second half, got through. He could have tapped over for the equalising point, tried to play in Colin O'Callaghan, came to nothing. But it's all these these decision-making, shot selection, and um, at the pressure moments of big games, Cork need to improve on that, and they'll improve on that by playing against the bigger teams on a more regular basis. And that's why get up to Division 1 is so important. And Matthew, where else do you think Cork need to improve? Like we've spoken a lot on the podcast about... Um, how much their fitness has come on and they're defensively a lot, like their struct, defensive structure is a lot better than it was previously. Do you think the next step now is, like Kieran said, um, kind of going forward, being able to to uh, develop attacks a little bit better and create scoring chances more regularly? You know, I think that's a very good point uh, that Kieran makes because you look at all the teams at the quarterfinal uh, this weekend, like I don't think any team had lowered a 37% shot accuracy, which tells you all you need to know and Cork need to improve in that department. And as well as that, I know Cork have improved defensively, but even in the game against Derry, you look at Derry conceded one free inside the 45. Cork conceded a load of frees, like Shane McGuigan scored four frees on, um, on Sunday. So like, there's still a lot to be improving there. And like Cork weren't smart enough in the time. Well, they were smart against Roscommon and Mayo. But as the tournament got uh, kicked in, they didn't get um, smart enough uh, against Derry, where Derry were kind of experienced in this kind of defensive system. That's what Cork need to improve on in the next few years as well. And um, yeah, they, like the fitness, I think, is massively improved from last season. You look at the way they, they go on for uh, 70 minutes, it's incredible um, throughout the 
throughout the season and building a squad I don't think it, there needs um, much in that like you look at the injury um, players to come back uh, next season you look at Sean Meehan Colin Amani Gore Damian Gore might come back into the team there's still some players from uh, the club championships I'm sure they put their hands up to John Cleary so I don't think there's an issue now maybe the shooting is the big thing and maybe being smart of the defensive play as well. I think that's the two things that Cart need to focus on. And as well as that, another positive, the kickouts this year, I thought, were massively improved this season. Michal Martin was um, was getting better as the year had gone on with his kickouts. And you look at Colin O'Callaghan, Ian McGuire, Rory Dean, Killian O'Hanlon in the midfield. They were hoovering up everything. And you look at the midfield as well as they played in this championship day, They've done excellent. In fairness, they came up against two uh, twin towers in Brendan Rodgers and uh, Connor Glass on Sunday. They learned from that. They learned from the experience of playing against them. But ultimately, I think it's been a very good year for Cork. But shooting needs to be on the priorities, uh, Kieran said there. Is there anything aside from from shooting, Kieran? If there was one thing on your wish list for for next year for Cork to to improve, what would it be? On my wish list, no injuries, please. I know that's a uh... Every county suffers from injuries, but you look at some of the players at Cork last this, this year, and we're talking about the about the attack. Um, and only one starting forward scored from from scored from play against Derry. That was Rory Dean. So that's kind of a telling stat as well when we're talking about improving that attack and output. And um, when it comes to the big moments at big games against the big teams, so look at Brian Hurley the last couple of games, he was. Injured against uh, Mayo, Mr. Ross Common game came on for the last fifteen minutes the last day, but he just he just didn't look at it. You know, and how could he? He'd um he'd suffered a hamstring injury just a couple of weeks beforehand. And Brian has been a talismanic figure for the Cork footballers for the for the for the last I don't know how many years, and he's a a key man in that attack. Cahill O'Mahony has missed a huge chunk of well nearly all the intercounty season. He um suffered an injury in action for UCC in the Sigerson Cup earlier in the year, and Cahill is a very talented forward that you'd love to see more of. And he has potential to hopefully touch wood, kick on with the with the senior team. Um, so you'd love to get for Cork to get all their attacking options there and then to, then to be able to pick because you'll have Sherlock there and you'll have Connor Corbett as well, who um the someone said to me last day, he's he's the Clyde of Clifford, and that's not trying to put too much pressure on, on the young fella, but he just has that, that kind of X factor around him. But what he needs too is an injury-free run and exposure to the senior games especially through the league, and that will help him no end as well. And then if you if you look at it too, like Cork have been without Liam O'Donovan for the last two years, and he's the, the kind of guilty defender who made such an impact when he burst on the scene. He's a really, really special player, Liam. He's just been dogged with injuries. So it's just so unfortunate what's happened to him over the last couple of years. The good news is that he he has been back in action for Clan in the in the last couple of weeks. So again, touch wood, fingers crossed, light a candle that he gets through the county championship and everything goes well for him. Because on and off the field, his teammates at both club and county will just tell you how influential he can be. That man is a born leader. So if he if he could see him maybe coming back in, then you have the likes of Sean Meehan, who's been injured as well. So Cork have had a couple of, of injuries and they've had to go into their panel. So if we can get that full cohort next year, that that would be brilliant. So that's on my wish list to the that damn injury god stay away from Cork next year and put your eye on someone else. Yeah, finger maybe on, on to carry this next year, Kieran. I'm going to plead the fifth of that one, can I? <laughs> Absolutely, I guess you can. Um, we'll move on now and let's let's hand out some uh some of our very unofficial Southern Star. GA Court GA football awards as I've uh, I've anointed them today. And um, we're gonna start with a simple one for both the best player. And I'll come to you, Matthew, first. If you wanna tell us your best player and, and why you, you chose him. There's been a number of candidates at fairness say I whipped down to three in fairness say Roy McGuire, Ian McGuire, and Matty Taylor. I think they've they've been influential this year for Cork. I, because it's West Cork and because he got that goal in Crow Park, I'm going to go Rory McGuire. He's been absolutely incredible this year. Won four the last two games from fullback. He's been immense and he's been a changing player in this uh, Cork team. Maybe he was a bit inexperienced last year, but he's definitely improved um, himself this season. And he's, uh, you know, he's interacted with the fans as well. And the fans love him. He's a new hero around West Cork, around Castlehaven, around the whole Cork County. So my player of the year would be Rory McGuire. And I love the celebration as well. I love the glove on his hand as well. So he he's definitely a character and he's a brilliant player as well. So Rory McGuire is my player of the year. Yeah, he's a bit of a, a talismanic figure. It was just so so annoying that Derry scored so soon after that because I think he was still celebrating when the 
the Derry goal went in, but I guess we'll we'll forgive him for that. Kieran, who was your choice? Like like Matthew said, there's definitely a couple of contenders here. Um, the likes of Matty Taylor's had a great year. Maguire's been been very solid. But I go for Colin O'Callaghan. I think he's really come on leaves and bounds in, in that Cork midfield. He's, he, he really found his feet this year. And I've been just really impressed with him in, in midfield. And there was days there when Ian Maguire wasn't as prevalent or as dominant in a game. And it was Colin O'Callaghan taking the game on. And he's, he's surging runs, his power, his strength, his ability in the air. He just ticks so many boxes um, this year. And just um, really impressed by Colin O'Callaghan. So he, he, he gets my nod. Sounds good. I uh I didn't prepare a pick, but I was just uh just thinking there while you're both speaking. Um, I love Chris Oak Jones. The impact he has off the bench every single time he comes on is incredible. So he's gonna be my pick for for this year. Um, he could probably qualify as well for the next award we're gonna hand out, which is the most improved player. Matthew, back to you again for this. I'm gonna go for a bit of a you know a bit of an unusual one for this. So I'm gonna go Michal Martin goalkeeper I think his shot stopping was very very good in previous years there was no question about that the question really with Michal was say his, his kicking out skills and you know his distribution and his penalty saving to be honest as well because I didn't think with Shane McGuigan stepped up I didn't think he'd save that penalty but to be fair Michal did that and his kick outs like he he um, he was part of the you know the kick outs against Kerry which retained 100% of them the kickouts, which was absolutely incredible. I think it was nearly 80% nearly every day went out. And you wouldn't have said that about a car team in the past. And a lot of people were calling for Michal Martin to be dropped because of the reason of the kickouts. But I think he proved to everyone he's definitely well able to kick out the ball. He's well able to find the midfielders. As Kieran mentioned, Colm O'Callaghan had an outstanding year, Ian McGuire. But mainly it was, it was down to the kickouts, the restarts of Michal Martin. And he'd be my most improved player. And I think he's a really, really important player for this car team moving forward. Yeah, he's made some some crucial saves in in the big games as well. Um, against Roscommon, especially like he he um has really stepped up to the plate this year. So that's a a good pick. And Kieran, for you, yeah, again a couple of contenders there, but I'm actually going for Rory Maguire. Um, I think he's he's really come on leaps and bounds. Like we said earlier, he's becoming almost this talismanic figure in the in the Cork defence. But it just uh, the step up he's had in the last couple of years. When he was probably brought up into the, the the senior squad last year, maybe there was some surprise seeing seeing him there because he's almost an unknown quantity for those who don't watch the the, the county championship. But, but he really has stepped up and he's been so strong this year, not only defensively but offensively as well. He got his goal, got his goal the last day, took it so so well. But he's chipping in with points too. He got um, a couple of points against Roscommon the the the, the weekend before as well, and he's just kind of cam cam with the ball in his hands whether he's. In in whether he's defending or he's on the attack, and he's just he's just re- re- really um really impressed me, really caught the eye. So it's just uh, an, another vote for these are quickly becoming the Roy McGuire Awards. So he's going to pop up in every in every um in every category. I feel well, that's just I guess a mark of his performances this year. I want to give a um a shout out as well to to Brian O'Driscoll. We or you wrote about him in the the newspaper last week, Kieran. Um, but he's come into the panel this year after after being away and. His uh his performances have been brilliant. He got that that man of the match against Roscommon. I could keep bringing that game up, and I'll bring bring it up again as we move forward. But um, he's an an honourable mention there as well. He's been been brilliant this year. Now, next award is the moment of the season. Now, the way this this one were is working is your want want you to think about your your favorite point, your favorite goal, your favorite save, block, tackle. Or any other moments within a game that you just thought was outstanding from a specific player or the team in general, Matthew, what's your pick? Bit of an unusual one here. Like the yeah, Connor Carbert's goal is definitely up there against Ross Common just to finish, and uh, the photo afterwards. So I think George Hatchell took that photo. It was an incredible photo of him just putting the hands up in the air. It was an incredible moment for me, though. I would say, and we mentioned it earlier in the podcast, the standing ovation given to the players after the Ross Common game. I have never experienced that as a Cork football fan ever. And it was an incredible moment, really. And it just shows that the Cork public would get behind this football team if they went up and they produced a very good win like that against the Division One side. And they did that. And the fans were just so reactionary to 
to this um, performance. You could see the the players interacted with the fans as well. I think Brian O'Driscoll and Rory Dean were a few of them and uh, Sherlock Powder during the game. It was just an intense atmosphere all game. It was a brilliant atmosphere when Kevin O'Donovan got that point towards the end as well. So for me, it's the standing ovations that the players got against Ross Common. I think it just proved the car football might be on the way back and the fans are de- definitely getting behind them. Yeah, getting a nice shout out there for the fans as well in for a mention. So that's a nice Matthew as well. And uh, Kieran, who? What was your favorite moment of the season gone by? Great minds think alike, right? I'm going to prove it. I'd, I'd have written down here, but I had the against Kerry, the fan reaction against Kerry <laughs> because it was, it was um, these, the Cork fans are getting are coming up spilling of roses at this podcast. But it was during that game. It was a tight game, and you could hear the chant of rebels, rebels rolling down off the stands. And, and it just stuck in my mind because it was the first time in a while I really felt, okay, the crowd is getting behind Cork and this football team has that support. And if people from other counties are listening to this podcast, they're saying, all right, lads, calm down. It's just defends. But you got to put yourself in a Cork footballer's boots for, for a moment. For so long, the footballers have been the, the I suppose, the, the second class, in, to, to, to play in second fiddle to the hurlers, to put it that way. So, for the Cork fans to get behind the footballers, it is a big moment because there's been that mistrust between the footballers and the fans for so long because the fans don't trust the footballers because they've been so inconsistent for the last decade. Every time we think they're going to go well, it proves to be a false dawn and there's there's a hiding just waiting around the corner. But what the footballers have done in, in this this championship is they have put all those, treaded those back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back performances together. So now all of a sudden... When it comes to the Cork football team, almost a minute you're thinking, okay, we're going to get a performance here. Whether it's good enough to beat one of the top teams, we'll have to wait and see if Cork can find an extra gear. But this team is producing performances, and that's all that the fans ask. And that's what we've seen throughout the championship. And that's why it just stuck in my mind. Just just at that day when the fans got behind, and like Matthew said there, against Roscommon and against Mayo up the Gaelic grounds, the, the fans gave him a great reception afterwards. But even after the Cork team lost against Kerry, the fans were appreciative of the effort because they knew, Jesus, this team is going somewhere and they they gave them that support. And it's almost reciprocated in that the, the, the players will um, feel that. So, yeah, it's uh, another another award for the Cork fans. We like handing out awards to ourselves. Is, is that it? Um, my uh, my moment of the season, I'm going to go for, for a little bit of a strange one as well, is... Brian Hurley's shot that hit the bar against Dublin in the league. If that went in, that would have been one of the best goals I've ever seen. And I'm still, I think, that, I've said it before, but I'd say the bar is still rattling. It was such a good shot. And um, remind reminded me of um, Suarez had a, a shot for Liverpool um, against Arsenal. I think he had already scored four in the game or he'd scored a hat-trick from miles out, smashed it off the bar. It was one of those incredible moments. And... Um, it's one of those if only moments, but but uh, we'll we'll add it to the list anyway. And our last award for today is performance of the season. So fairly straightforward again, the best individual performance in a single game. Matthew, who's your pick? There's been a lot of standout performances in the particular games. The trio I've written down here: Rory Maguire against uh, Ross Common scored two points for full back and was influential all game. Ian Maguire against Mayo, I thought he drove up the team in, in that game in the Gaelic Grounds. He got a win, needed a win for Cork. And actually against Derry, I know we lost, but Tommy Walsh at a fullback, he was on Shane McGuigan all day. He kept them scoreless from playing. This is Shane McGuigan, who's the top scorer of the whole championship. So Tommy Walsh definitely deserves an honourable mention there. But overall, I'd have to go for Ian Maguire against Mayo. I thought he was influential going forward. Rory Maguire was excellent that day. Nearly the whole team was excellent, but I think everything went through Ian that day. I thought he was absolutely brilliant and he was driving the team up the field. He was defensively sound. And for me, I give it to the Barrisman Ian Maguire's performance against Mayo and he got a nominee for um, Player of the Month as well, the PWC Player of the Month. So, And mainly down to that performance. So Ian Maguire against Mayo for me. Great stuff. And Kieran, for you? Yeah, a couple of big performances, especially in the, the latter stages of the championship. We saw Sherlock come off the bench and kick 1-5 against Mayo Open the Gaelic Grounds, which was huge. He only came out in the party minute for Rory Dean, and look what he did. But I'm going to give a, a nod to Brian O'Driscoll against Ross Common, I thought it was immense. Um, strangely, he didn't get the man of the match that day, went to Matty Taylor, but Brian was nominated for the GA Player of the Week, so go figure that out. I don't know how that how that works, but um, Brian was was... was 
so good that game and it's just you, you, you saw the best of Brian O'Driscoll his work rate his energy interceptions he's the way he was able to retain the ball recycle the ball um, he's, it's just been great to see Brian come back after his four year exile hit the ground running and become such a, a key part of this, this Cork team so that just stands out for me it was almost a game that announced Brian O'Driscoll okay he, he's back in a Cork jersey and he can do it because we always knew Brian had the potential from his underage days he was four years as a Cork under 21 he didn't make the best use of his talent in his first go as a Cork senior he was dropped from the panel in 2018 but he's after coming back stronger and better than ever and there's a great lesson there for everyone and kind of kudos too for for John Cleary because John took a risk in bringing Brian back in because some might have seen him as a liability they're saying why are you bringing him back in given what had gone on before but he did a he proved himself this year so Brian gets the nod for me there you go. We're running out of time, so so we'll have to to wrap up there very soon. Um, but th- those are the uh, we'll, we'll call them the first unofficial Southern Star Cork GAA Football Awards. Um, we'll hopefully be back next season with some more of those. And um, we're gonna take a quick break now. We'll come come back and we'll have a look at what's in the paper this week. Matthew, thanks for joining us. Thanks very much. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Now, welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And it's everybody's favorite time of the week as now we take a quick look at what's coming up in this week's Southern Star Sport. So, Kieran, take it away. Yeah, obviously the Cork footballers kind of take centre stage. We have um, reaction and analysis from the defeat uh, defeat Derry, but also looking to what Cork can learn to see from learn from this season going forward. Looking at some of the local club action, Donny footballers won their first county senior title in a long time. They won the Division Three League final against Knock Degree, so we have a report from that. And also the Plunkett's footballers beat Goline and are true to the. County Junior B final and they're chasing a double here with the hurlers out in action this weekend so you can read all about that here interview with Dylan Hicks too the rising West Cork rugby star who picked up a West Cork sports star quarterly award last week also have a chat with Tony Stevenson the venture kickboxer who's hitting out at his exit um, at the European Games he is not at all happy of what happened in his quarterfinal loss to his Hungarian opponent so it's worth checking out we have a follow-up to our interview with Don Hurley and Declan DC in last week's podcast where they reveal what's the secret to Drina's success in recent years. Huge weekend for road bowlers this weekend. The first All-Ireland series is on in Ballincurrig. And we have a lot of West Cork bowlers in action there. And also just a quick mention for motorsport. Clannacilty driver Cal McCarthy had his first ever fastest stage um, the weekend just gone at the Ravens Rock Rally in Waterford. So you can check that out. And we also have a preview of the Cork and Kikini Camogie semi-final. The Cork and Tipperary football um, game in Clannacilty reaction and a match report on that. So it's packed again as usual, Dylan. Packed as always. And inside sport for any uh, cute pet fans, there'll be an eight-page supplement of over 260 of the entries to this year's West Cork's Cutest Pet, where we'll also be revealing the winner of that award. So check that one out. As always, that will be available in shops across West Cork from Thursday morning. And if you're further afield, can't make it to the shops, you can subscribe to the Southern Star and get it on your laptop, tablet or phone. Just head to subscribe.southernstar.ie, enter your details and you'll get an exact replica of the newspaper for less than two euro per week, along with full access to our website and all of our premium articles on there. As always, thanks for listening to the Star Sport podcast. Thanks again to our sponsors at Access Credit Union. And if you've enjoyed this, please remember to rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening.